Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, <gasps> and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Woo! Yes! Colorful backgrounds. Um, welcome back, y'all, to another mm-hmm. episode of CPBC. Today, we will be reading my pick, um, which is called The Post-Traumatic by Chantelle V. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so off the top, I do want to point out that this book deals with serious, very serious and um, emotional issues, including mm-hmm. rape, sexual assault, child sexual abuse, familial manipulation, and disordered eating. So if at mm-hmm. any point you just don't want to participate in that, including right now, feel free to turn us off. Um, we have a wonderful reflection episode that is very cute and not at mm. all strenuous to listen to. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have tangent episodes, and I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be probably the, one of the more serious ones this season. So mm-hmm. I think everything else is a lot lighter. If you want to listen to Kingdom of Souls, <laughs> that's oh my good God. for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but w- yes. when we discuss it we'll we're not gonna dive too much into the details of things just so mm-hmm. if anyone wants to know kind of where you know testing the water we're not gonna go right. too deep into anything but yeah. again even light mentions sometimes can be a bit uncomfortable so just a heads up at the beginning um yeah that's real that's real thank you for that Akko. yes absolutely you all take care of yourselves um i Wanted to ask you, Akko, though, before we get into all of that, um, why'd you choose this book? What, what, what led us here to talking about post-traumatic? Ah, yes. So <laughs> it's really funny because I chose this book and I also know that this question is always going to be asked. And yet I don't think <laughs> I have a very well-canned response. Ain't it funny how that happens? Ain't it funny how we be <laughs> asking the regular questions and then we just be like, what i just just improvising every week right exactly <laughs> like, it's like you but you knew dinner was at 5 30 you're like yes i did right. and yet you brought nothing for dinner and i'm like no i did Correct. not um but <laughs> <laughs> but um i think so the book is about a lawyer a, a lawyer of color and i am a lawyer of color i don't know i think i've mentioned that in passing that i went to law school but um mm. surprise i finished surprise i got my license mm. okay so <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know i have a lot of feelings and senses about the profession of itself and mm-hmm. and where it sits in um the current american politic and social ordering i think that lawyers could be a really beautiful part of the fabric of a society social Mm -hmm. architects in a way um Mm -hmm. that could help make the intangible move transmute the intangible into the tangible reality and Mm. and we do do that the problem is currently i think a lot of lawyering is disrupted or infected by corruption and power in the sense Mm. that the same ailments that ail the rest of our society mm-hmm. um racism class inequality you know gender discrimination are also in the law and in fact mm-hmm. the law has created or codified a lot of them and it causes right. harm but on the flip side of that the people who lawyer are also in harm's way as people mm-hmm. who work in the field that is harmful mm-hmm. um 
And so what do you do if the field that you work in is also meant to harm you or people who look like you or look like Mm -hmm. your community? Right. And the difference between me and the author, who's also, also a lawyer, and the main character of this book is that they are actually in the public interest field area, mm-hmm. whereas I'm more in the corporate field. And those have two different harms, but the mm-hmm. harm on the lawyer is the same. You know, you're mm-hmm. taking a lot of society's burdens and having to internalize them and mm-hmm. in many ways reproduce them. And when you try to fight them, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pushback and there's a lot of disenchantment. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and a lot of the reasons a lot of people of color go into the law in the first place is to be the change that perhaps they didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's also, you know, like social advancement, a way out of whatever situation you're in, which is also mm-hmm. really legitimate. Mm-hmm. But, it hurts when you get to a certain point. It's almost like you get there and you see how the machine turns and it's very, very disconcerting. And you see, you think that you can help. And sometimes you're faced with your own helplessness in the Mm -hmm. situation. Or if you're not helpless, there's at least not as much that you can do as you had hoped. And, And you see the way bureaucratic things Mm-hmm. transmute into people's suffering. And that, that's really mm-hmm. hard. That that can be really hard. And <laughs> typically, you probably, much like the character in this book, Vivian, mm-hmm. have traumas already <laughs> that you're Come already on. dealing with. Come on so now. you have whatever traumas that you've already had compounded upon by the social traumas <laughs> that you're seeing, mm-hmm. compounded upon by a lot of bad behavior in in, in the law sphere bad behavior from people who go to law school, bad behavior from people who come out, who see the world in a certain way and have a certain arrogance because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's no steep (laughs) feat. You know, it's no easy Mm -hmm. feat to get into law school. and It's no cheap cost either. So, so anyway, that's why I chose the book. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it felt like it would it felt like something where I could process myself through. Mm. Our situations are quite different and I don't mm-hmm. see myself entirely in this character, but in the ways I do, um, I, I really do. And that's been mm. a bit cathartic for me. So, so yeah, that's why I chose this book. <laughs> mm. Wow. Damn. Thank you, friend. That, that everything that you all are hearing right now, this is the first time I'm hearing this too. Um, I will say though, reading this book, I'm like, I see why Akko picked this. This definitely, definitely tracks <laughs> as far as like everything you just said. And like, you know, I, I think that feeling that, you know, the, the dread that you're talking about as far as like being in a field with the intention of like making things better and like, you know, just really working to actualize change. I mean, that, that, I mean, certainly that transcends to so many different spaces and like, mm. it's, it's, there's definitely a, I'm, 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 I feel, I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before, but like, I mean, in case I have it, um, you know, I, I definitely come from more of like a nonprofit sort of HIV prevention background. And like, there's like a particular insidiousness that comes up when you're like, wow, like literally mm. the point of my job in this organization is to like, allegedly, allegedly, we here to change some shit and like make things better for people. Right. Yeah. Is the community not who we should be centering? Right. That, oh. That's what I was told. That's what I was told. Mm. 
and then you get there and you're like, oh no, it's actually all about funding and egotism and um, yeah. it's very much scarcity mindsets, right? Like just like, I mean, shit, I experience this right now. Like I work at like a, like a diversity, equity, inclusion um, organization and, you know, even just like the language we use sometimes, like people will talk about like, oh, well, you know, like our competitors are doing this and like, you know, we have to be like better than everybody else and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if the collective goal here is to like, talk about diversity equity and inclusion i don't really give a fuck right. who's doing it right like like as long right. as all, more of us are in the field that's like like i don't even want to say field but like that's better right like that's like working towards the collective goal that like we supposedly have right but then capitalism that's what, is that's like what i was told that's what i i'm pointing to my eyes that's what i was told <laughs> right but now we're like oh like well we have to do it better and like we have to do this because we want to like stand out blah, blah, blah. and i'm just like Hmm. Feel like we lost the plot here, but like mm. those who lost the plot also hold power. Yeah. And then if you yep. vocalize that we've lost the plot, then like you're the target. Yeah. And it just becomes like a lot. And so like it's just it's I I'm in the middle of a career change myself, and that is something that I think about a lot. Frankly, I'm 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 working to move more into sort of like the mental health. I guess sector, and so like reading mm. this book also has been very interesting. Because I'm like, ooh, ooh, child, this is this is the beginning, uh, Marcy. You gonna yeah. really have to re- like reconcile a lot of shit with the type of career change you're trying to make right now. So, yeah, yeah, just very, very interesting. But thank you, I, I appreciate the you know the sharing there, and yeah, it's just it's. I hope that this book has has provided some of that yeah catharsis um, that you're looking for as far as at least so far in, in terms of getting through part one. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, what's wonderful in about books is you don't need the whole thing to track. It, right. You just need like three lines. And I found right. three <laughs> lines. No, no, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, you, you, because, you know, everyone's talking from their different experiences and almost in a really cool way. The fact that me and Vivian aren't having a lot of the same experiences in a lot of ways. And yet three lines resonate with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah. You know, and, and, and it takes bravery, you know, to, to write mm-hmm. um, your experience and be like, I hope something here <laughs> other people mm-hmm. see me through. So, so yeah, I, it, yeah. Um, yes, that happened. I enjoyed the book so far <laughs> or something. Speaking of or something. <laughs> Love that. Or something. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of something, I have a question. Something is like the third guest on the mic. Um, but yes, <laughs> what is your question, friend? <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, what does something look like? Even? Right. Like, like, what, does that even mean? <laughs> what does it contribute? Chavi say shit. And I'm like, Marcy, literally, what does that even mean? But we're moving on. We're moving on. Um. <laughs> but I low key love it because, like, it, I just suddenly was like, this, there's been a third person the whole time. Right. The whole time. <laughs> anyway, big reveal. Uh. <laughs> there's like a blob next to us. Anyway. Um. Also, like, we're remote, too, so, like, how would that even work? Like, where would something even be called it from? Anyway, right. Like, how like, would they have secretly gotten on them? Like, we also edit it, so, like, how would... Right. Like, like, <laughs> like, how did you infiltrate our Audacity track? What is going on? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, not this being a three-way call. Anyway. Oh, my God. Remember back in the day when you could secretly have three-way calls with people without telling oh, them? Oh, I used to love that. Oh, I used to eavesdrop. Oh, I used to eavesdrop. It's shameless as fuck. Oh, mm. my God. My older brother. Oh, some scandals going on. It was fun. 
<laughs> that is some little sibling mentality right there. Yeah. That sentence, I'm dead. I'm like, how anyway, do I so- blackmail? Which is like, yikes. Anyway, <laughs> continue though. Speaking of, um, okay, so the question is, <laughs> in this book, there is a lot of conflict. Um, mm-hmm. Vivian faces a lot of conflict with both her family and her friends. And she deals with that in varying ways. And so mm-hmm. it made me think, how do you... So it's a two-part question. Part A. Okay. How do you deal with conflict? And mm-hmm. how do you wish you dealt with conflict? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that question. Okay. How do I handle conflict? Okay. I. <laughs> so, you know, we all have things that we're working on. Uh, myself included. I know new, I'm, I'm actually not perfect. I know that might be a surprise <laughs> for some folks. Um, you know, really put myself out there by saying that. But like, yeah. So I, I would say the way I typically handle conflict is that mm. like, I think for me, it's, it's hard for me to like vocalize certain things if I'm still processing them or don't fully understand it. Like, and I think that's just like some like latent perfectionism and some things I'm still trying to work through. But like, I find that if I ever feel a, a conflict with like, usually with other people, mm-hmm. like before I say something to them, I'm like, I feel like I need to know like what the feeling is a little bit. Like, let's sit with this for a second. Like, is this a transient mm-hmm. conflict? Is this like something that's like bigger? Like what's something that's going on here? I have realized through the years, though, that that can be very overwhelming when you're like, hey, I have a problem with you. And then you have like a dissertation of the things that you've uh, like had the chance uh. to really clarify and now understand. But it's like, oh, like, that's overwhelming for this other person because they haven't had the time to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, So it kind of gets you brings me in at like a certain advantage. I'm trying to be better about that and just being like, I'm having a feeling at this moment in time and like that is this is where we are i don't know if this is gonna how i'm gonna feel tomorrow or next week but like this is how i'm feeling right now so before it like Mm. escalates i just want to say that that's how i wish i handled things (laughs) um i i'd be lying though if i said that that, that's where i'm at right now i'm not you know i i think you know i i can also be somewhat of a not like i guess conflict averse to a certain degree i i i'm not like it's not so conflict averse that i won't bring something to your attention but i think there's also just the the hesitancy of being like oh like this might be a weird conversation like oh i don't know like you know sometimes like i can almost hesitate to put things off a little bit Mm. and so i'm trying to just be more accountable to myself where i'm like feeling uncomfortable is fine like that's fine but like if we're to test the this is assuming, of course, that this is someone that I trust, that I have rapport with. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it, like if you have trust and rapport with someone, like that goes in multiple directions, right? Like, I, I think we, I think we can believe in the elasticity of this relationship enough to know that even if there mm-hmm. is a conflict Ooh. and things happen, like, we, 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 like we can, we can handle that. Like, that's not beyond the bounds of what we've built with this person. Now, if it's like mm-hmm. some shit where like we don't have trust at all, like I'm just kind of like, okay, you're someone I don't know that I work with or whatever. <laughs> I right. just I feel like then I'm sometimes less I bite my tongue less because I'm just like I, I I'm not really that concerned with like how this ends mm-hmm. like uh, like or like the implications of me bringing this to your attention, um, but yeah that's typically how I handle conflict. Um, tend to yeah marinate a little bit trying to work on that, but yeah that's generally 
how it comes up, at least interpersonally, is how I usually handle it. Sure. That's where my mind went the first time, like just hearing this question for the first time. Oh yeah, that's that's what I meant. I didn't mean like intern in internal. Oh okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I'm having gotcha. a conflict within myself. Lord right. knows how we deal with those. Oh but, my god. Um, <laughs> do do we say, deal with those? Like shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it, have we? If can hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? It's like just a slowly simmering like pot inside of my subconscious. Um, right. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, <laughs> huh, what's that doing? Anyway, um, right. so I was going to say, I really like your comment about the elasticity of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think you, I, I don't know if you made it up or not, but I think it's a brilliant way to describe uh, relationships with people, right? And mm-hmm. and why things fall apart, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you stretch the relationship past its elasticity. Mm-hmm. And what 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 would make a relationship elastic right is trust and love mm-hmm. and continuous follow through right and mm-hmm. it's interesting because you know doesn't isn't there like a mathematical equation you can figure out like the elasticity of something and like how far it breaks i yeah. didn't mean to t- that you know, sounds like something that we learned yeah, yeah that <laughs> right sounds, i was that I was sounds right right they, yeah mm-hmm. they told me that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you're right brian <laughs> <laughs> but like you know if you take it in that way and you see like whereas like if you're in a you know whether it's a workplace or whatever Mm -hmm. a family dynamic where the trust um or whatever is low you know the elasticity of that relationship is is a lot less and like other Mm -hmm. things maybe make it more and some maybe some of that elasticity feels forced which i think vivian Mm -hmm. talks about inside this relationship you know And, and and so i really liked what you said there, um, Aka, are you going to talk about your conflict resolution skills? What? <laughs> I guess so. I have the opposite problem of Marcy in which I mm. am a spitfire and a fighter. <laughs> so mm. if you if you want to get into a verbal, you know, rumble with me, oh, baby, let's begin. Mama, <laughs> Let's start. Get them notes. You won't win, like. but everything will be burned to the ground. <laughs> so if you want to fight, we can fight. <laughs> now, that is younger, Akko. And mm. it actually did, uh, to be a black girl who who is fiery like that, that has gotten me in a lot of trouble as a young person Mm -hmm. and part of me didn't understand why i couldn't just say what was bothering me at the point in which it was bothering me so like subtle Mm. conflict maneuvers passive aggressiveness were really frankly for me when i was younger hard for me to understand yeah um and but i did know i was like whatever subtle thing you're doing i know i can stop it with a blunt statement (laughs) Mm, (laughs) whatever that is that can end right here and that's been a defense mechanism but to marcy's point and i the one other thing i will do is i don't know this is another skill set i have it's like i'll i'll be fast and it's a whole list so it's a dissertation (laughs) but it came you told me the thing two minutes ago and i was like great here's my dissertation and it will just cut someone down to size this is not mm. good <laughs> okay like <laughs> a lot of that comes from defense a lot of that comes mm. from having to be a quick wit in school because if you're a black girl and you know whatever you're the people in power don't mm-hmm. for, have any reason to doubt your ability they'll doubt it and so a lot of it's defense a lot of it is just my nat- natural inclination but mm. as i've gotten older to marcy's point i've had to learn that things that you say cannot be unsaid 
And just because mm. you're right does not mean that was the purpose of the conversation. Oh, come on now. Oh, And that, just mm. because you think you're right does not mean you are right. <laughs> I will actually, I will leave this, I will leave this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I might just have to leave the episode because like this is, rest- <laughs> wow, damn. It <sighs> is what it is. Because yeah. think about it, like you can destroy something. And, and that someone taught me this. They're like, I had t- typed something out to send to someone and I knew and that's the other thing. In my mind, I'm like, I'm perfectly reasonable and calm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this statement. And I'll send mm-hmm. it to someone and they're like, this is the most fiery thing I've read this week, Akko. Like, <laughs> maybe mm. this month. And I'm like, I just don't see how it's fiery. And they're like, you know what? Frankly, nothing that you said was wrong. But if you send this, you are making a decision. And all the other possibilities are cut off. Mm. So the question is, is that what you want? Because if you're coming from a place of hurt, it might not be that what you want to do is tell the person all about themselves. What you might actually want is for them to hear you and to reconcile with you. And it might not be the best approach to just Mm. list out everything, every offense, you know? Mm. And so it might be better to sit and to listen and to think from where they're coming from because everyone's flawed. And so it's possible that wherever the person's coming from and wherever Mm. you're coming from in the gulf in between it's not a matter of like intentional harm, but a matter of their fear, their defenses, and whatever they're going through. Mm. And yeah, it doesn't negate the harm that they may or may not have caused you. That's not negated. But right. if you're human and they're human, and if they're willing to interact with you at all, then there must be some love there. So where mm. is the elasticity in your relationship and how can you use that to come together? Now, sometimes mm. the answer is you can't. <laughs> right. Sometimes, like we said, the, the elasticity coefficient has been breached. We're <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> but there is some, as I get older, I'm learning, you know, you can take time to think. And, mm. and more, more than that, my question is had, that I've always asked myself before I get really spicy is, what is it that you want? If you want mm. to cut them off, frankly, there are merciful ways to cut people off too. If right. you want to continue, frankly, this is a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. And just because you can have the, the ability to do something, it's it, it's not you might make it might make you feel powerful. It might make you feel good for mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's not really, you know, for your betterment and for your mm-hmm. long-lasting, you know, happiness. So th- that's for me. Again, I'm this is not my high horse. I just told y'all my fiery so <laughs> but <laughs> I, I have started to see that as I get older mm-hmm. that there are things more important than winning. So Oh my yeah. god, wow. Period. Like that's wow, damn. Yeah, that is that is that's so real. Um it's funny because like I being an adult is really interesting, you know, Ooh. like, and I, <laughs> I feel like I just like, especially when, you know, and like in the work, like, especially like in the workplace and stuff, I remember I used to also earlier on struggle with things because I'd be like, but I'm right. So like, I don't mm. know what the issue is here because I'm literally correct. And it's like, yes, you are correct. And that is, that's often not enough, right? And like, and, and mm-hmm. even just beyond that, right? Like it just in any sort of relationship dynamic, like it's always, 
I find that with myself, I'll, I'll speak for myself. When I'm like righteously indignant, when I'm like, yes, like I am like pissed and like this makes sense, like this is how I'm feeling and whatever, whatever. It's like, it's good when you're the one in the driver's seat, but like when people Ooh, come it. at me with say like, oh, this is where you got me fucked up and da 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 da, and they're correct. Oh my God. Oh my God. Right. I just, I'd be wanted to right. melt. I literally be wanted to just like become gelatinous because I'm like, this is actually. Like there's just no, like I <laughs> like you're actually yeah. correct and there's just nothing I can do or, or say like and I don't know I, I I think that question of like okay what is the end game here like why are we even engaging in this like what do you want from this interaction because it's like if you want to just feel better I mean take a yoga class right <laughs> like there's like <laughs> maybe there's other approaches that we can take here right like it's like because there are many times in my life where I've especially when someone like actually did have me fucked up where I'm just like I'm confronting them but I'm like I mean the end game here if I was being honest was just to blow up just blow shit up like I'm like I yeah. don't want anything to do with this person so like it's fuck you for eternity <laughs> um which you know it's just sometimes that's necessary but other times yeah. it's like you know maybe we don't want that as like the end result here um, especially if I, if I have to still keep engaging with you like in a professional yeah. capacity <laughs> so or, or yeah. you know when you have a toolkit, sometimes you need a hammer and sometimes you don't, <laughs> but you can't just be hammering right. everything. And, and the thing is like, to your point, what you said, just reverse it because you will be on the other side. Like it is a humbling experience and you like to be on the other side of someone's righteous indignation, right? Like when you have no, no, no counter. Right. And in right. that moment, you're praying for that other, that other person's mercy, right? You are at mm-hmm. their mercy. And I, I, it, it's great to be the person who's righteously indignant, right? And that's why mm-hmm. we're so... And I, I think a lot of times because when you're in that position, you might dole out without mercy. If you ever find yourself possibly in the wrong, you're afraid to admit it. Because mm-hmm. you're afraid of the lack of mercy other people will show you, oh. right? So it's... it's we The world becomes a worse place when we mm-hmm. are not... You know, te- when we don't temper our, our rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, again... Not every, some situations, <laughs> this is not applicable. There, again, mm-hmm. we got the coefficient. There are things that are far past the elasticity, but but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that. But if it falls into the range of things mm-hmm. that you can, you know, that's what empathy is, right? It's, it's, right. so that's, that's something. There was something else I wanted to say, um, You know, the show is about imagination for mm-hmm. for better or for worse. There is a possibility when you break things that sometimes you're breaking things so that you can imagine in a different direction. But sometimes if you take mm-hmm. a little more nuance with your approach to conflict, you can imagine things in a different direction too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, knowing which one is which, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're probably gonna take a break. Yeah, let's do that. Um, love that for us. Anyway, um, we'll see y'all in a little bit. And we'll get into the plot summary. Woo! Back. Woo. Okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
was like, are we wooing today? It's unclear. Um, but I'm yes. Very inconsistent. I agree. Yeah. With you. <laughs> but there was never a pre- like it, it was never a communicated expectation that you would woo. Just, anyway, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> we can talk about this later. Um, but yes, let's get into part one of the plot summary. Just um, just so everyone's aware, remember this is the summary is serious. So just be yeah. ready for it. Yeah. So again, trigger warning for yes, rape, sexual assault childhood sexual abuse uh familial dynamics manipulation disordered eating so take care of yourselves um and again we're not going to go into like the super nitty-gritty but just so y'all are aware mm-hmm. okay so yeah so starting out um the book's protagonist is an afro-latina woman named vivian who is a lawyer um she works and she, she works as essentially like a patient advocate um in mm-hmm. various psych- psychiatric hospitals essentially making the cases for folks who were institutionalized to be able to not be institutionalized because oftentimes a lot of these settings can cause more harm than good um yes. So to give some context, you know, Vivian herself um, is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and abduction. So in her day-to-day life, she kind of navigates with a lot of um, just PTSD and is often in a state of sort of hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. And so when she's communicating with folks in the hospital, like a lot of these people are having or often talk about experiences of things that are like somewhat similar. And so there's there's a level of buy in and trust that she has with with a lot of the patients that she works with. Yes. Um, so the book begins where with an incident in the hospital where there is a teenage girl named Melissa who gets hold of a knife and ends up cutting one of the nurses and then runs into a room and starts cutting some pillows. A bunch of people are gathering because they're like, what the fuck? What do we do? Um, there's like a group of like i guess guards who are like basically gonna they're planning on going into the room to like tackle melissa and sedate her and all this other stuff right basically vivian's like i don't think that this level of intervention is necessary i think Mm. we can i think we can try at least something else first so basically vivian goes into the room by herself calmly and she essentially is just like kind of talks melissa's down she just like kind of approaches her like you know humanely um and basically yeah like melissa's like escalates she just de-escalates the situation and yeah. Melissa's like, yeah, you're right. Like this is kind of a lot. Hands over the knife and is like, yeah, like this is fine. Like, you know, let's just, let, let's just end this situation here. So after this whole incident, Vivian leaves the hospital and like, we're kind of just seeing some different um, like flashbacks of Vivian's life and just kind of like learning more about who she is. Vivian was reflecting a lot um, recently about this like interaction she had had with a, with a woman named Paula at a conference um, mm. where basically... Um, I think the book phrased it as like they were <laughs> the two of them were like on a panel and Paula had given like how does she phrase it? It was like an intellectually unadventurous like uh, <laughs> presentation on like some shit and like Vivian had like rocked the house. Um, afterwards, Vivian, Paula, and some other people they're get, like they're like at a bar getting drinks. And basically, Paula was talking about how, like, she was like, oh, you know, like, women just, like, naturally compare themselves to each other. Like, you know, women just, like, naturally, like, just see each other as competition. Like, that's just a thing that we do. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Vivian's like, skirt! That, mm. that, don't, that don't sound right. Um, She's like, yeah, like, I think, like, the tendency that you're speaking to is more so a byproduct of, like, patriarchal conditioning. And I don't know, I think likening 
that behavior or tendency to some sort of like gender essentialist, like this is just honest, inescapable. Yeah, like women just do this, right? You know, like I she's like, I don't. Sorry. Yeah, she's like, I don't think that that ain't even curling over right. And Paula's like, Oh, that's really interesting, Vivian, that you're saying that because like earlier today at the conference we were on the panel, I saw you like looking me up and down, like assessing my body, comparing yours to mine and shit like that. So like, it's funny how you're saying all of this right now, but you Ooh. literally are doing the thing that I'm saying that women do. Now with that, I'm gonna give you a drink. And Vivian was like, you know what I hate? Mm. That she's right. Because I did do that. Like, I actually did that. And, like, that's really bothering me. (laughs) Um, And this is sort of the beginning of sort of a lot of instances we see throughout the book where Vivian holds a lot of these feminist beliefs that sometimes her behavior doesn't necessarily align with the belief. And I think Mm. it does create some level of internal conflict around that. Like... So that's one thing. Um, we also learned a little bit about Vivian's dating life. Um, she's a black woman navigating dating in the U.S. So unfortunately, there's a lot of misogynoir that she encounters in that process. Um, you know, guys just being typically like somewhat lazy or just generally not treating her with the same level of care um, as some of their other partners. And so um, she's been like dating around. She's like in her mid 30s. And she has a date coming up with this white boy named Matthew. Um, and she's like hype. She's like, oh, like yeah. Matthew's cute. Like he seems generally like unproblematic. I mean, he mm-hmm. seems like, you know, he like fucks with the culture and all that. So like, this should be cute. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to see what happens with Matthew. Whoop, 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 whoop. Right. So <laughs> that's what well, we'll put a pin in Matthew <laughs> for now. So yes. Anyway, we also learned too. That Vivian has a best friend named Jane. Um, Jane herself is also a black woman. She's queer. And the two of them are really, really close. So basically, once Vivian left the hospital, she went over to Jane's house. And the two of them yes. were just like smoking, uh, talking about life. Um, it's very clear that they, they, this is just a very common ritual for them. Now, getting into a little bit of that, about like their backstory, how they met each other. So the two of them met in law school at a party um, where Vivian like kind of got into it with this white boy at the party who was just like generally saying like sexist <sighs> shit. Um, and basically she was just coming at him and was like, listen, we're at a public party. This is a public space. Like you ain't going to do shit. So mm. what you're going to do is just storm off. Um, cause basically he like, this guy was like saying some sexist stuff like to this like group of women. Um, but they like, like, and so like Vivian stepped in and like when the guy like stormed off, the women in question were like, oh, like that was a bit much. Like, I feel like you were kind of doing a lot just now. And Vivian was like, that's really interesting. Cause I was like trying to come to to your aid but like okay um but like in that situation jane was like off in the corner and like laughed at some of the reads that like vivian had given to old boys so like after that she was like oh like you and i we 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 seem like we here like let's just let's just be 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 some good judies yeah they're cute they're like on the stairwell together like talking it's nice yeah no it's like it's, it's like very cute um just quick, I'll bring this up because this is going to come up later. So Jane actually dropped out of law school um, and she ended up going into a PhD program later. When she did, um, the two of them kind of lost touch for a little bit, but now they're like, you know, back in touch and all that. Right. So only other thing I'll say is that like, I guess while like before Jane actually dropped out of law school, there were some situations where um, like Vivian would get into certain altercations with people and not physical like they meant more like in the law school like yeah like in class people would say things and vivian would you know debate whereas Jane right wouldn't. yeah exactly she would kind of just like disengage um so that was kind of like their dynamic like vivian was quicker to like 
say something in the moment. Jane, though, would like reflect on things and then come back later with like these brilliant breakdowns of the situation. So like, you know, very like, you know, tit for tat, cute vibe. We love the pair. We love to see it. Okay. We'll point out brilliant breakdowns, not in the class. So like between the two of them. Right. So, um, so yeah, so present day Jane, Vivian, they're smoking. They're like having a whole conversation. Um, it's interesting because like, so they, I, they smoke a lot, but I guess like, I don't know the shit that they had this day was like on some other shit. <laughs> um, so they just got like literally high as fuck. And so they're like having a bunch of like conversations. Um, the two have the common history of both having experienced like childhood abuse and so like the two of them will often find themselves like talking about those experiences but also like joking about them like they kind of liken themselves to being sort of the trauma comedians of their time and so um you know that's their their vibe anyway moving on next day um vivian ends up going back to you know her place and she prepares for her date with matthew now vivian's like you know checking out matthew's like you know social media he seems like really into like black culture and like things like that um and which 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 um so anyway so in preparation of this date um vivian finds herself like she's like on this like low carb diet she's like she's sort of on this like control like has these like kind of controlled eating habits in preparation of this date she's been like exercising more regularly um and essentially trying to i guess get her body into a state that she thinks would be more acceptable upon meeting matthew for the first time Um, i wonder uh, and my you know asterisk my understanding of eating disorders is not the strongest but i do wonder mm-hmm. if it's so much I, that if matthew wasn't just a trigger like i don't know if, matthew, mm. if it's for matthew in particular but this is like a trigger based on like a larger thing um i just want to point that out because i think it might be a little too uh easy to say it's like she did it just for him because i think eating disorders have like a larger social like um like they encompass your life more mm-hmm. in, like work totally than that if that makes sense no that's that no thank you for saying that no thank you thank you for saying that yeah no you're totally right right like this is i would definitely argue that this is a more prevalent pattern in vivian's life but yeah like matthew is sort of like the most recent trigger of how this has showed up um yeah it's not like she went from like zero to a hundred like suddenly was like oh like let me do this like just for him yeah um so thank you but that is an important nuance to name so um so yeah but beforehand vivian is she is you know, on social media, she's trying to peep as much information as possible. She's looking mm-hmm, up exes. Mm-hmm. She's like, just like seeing what's going on. Um, and just finding herself feeling, feeling a little bit jealous, a little bit insecure before actually going into the actual date itself. Now, the date right. in question actually goes pretty well. So, like, the two of them, they go to this rooftop bar. They're, like, getting oysters and shit. Um, and, like, she is, like, very calculated throughout this date. Like, she's, like, yeah, naming yeah. things that she knows that he's already interested in based on the, like, the snooping that she's done before the date. Like, she's controlling some of her responses to the things that he's saying because she's like, oh, like, I think this is, like, what he might want to hear more. Like, there's very much, like, a deep personal customization to, like, seem legible in the dynamic um does it I feel was reading- like does it feel mm-hmm. like so when you're in a high you know there's there's different states of hypervigilance there's fight mm-hmm. flight but there's also fight flight freeze but i think a subcategory mm-hmm. of freeze is fawn i wonder mm-hmm. how much of this is a hypervigilant fawning state I, i'm not sure mm-hmm. and i'm not i am not a therapist y'all but mm-hmm. it just uh, to me there was a level here of like because all of it is around control right fight flight or freeze all right. of it is about being able to control for dangers and given her mm-hmm. history i'm seeing i'm getting this feeling that it's and as you know like when it's a maladaptive coping mechanism it spills mm-hmm. into other parts of your life 
mm. for when you don't need it. And so I wonder if that, if there's a, if, and, and if romance and sex triggers that. Anyway, it's just a thought. Continue. That is, I hadn't considered that. No, that, I yeah. think there definitely, that can definitely be, I'm chewing on that. But yeah, mm. I think that can definitely oh, be argued that. for sure. I'm chewing um, like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's actually really cute. Uh, strawberry flavored. Um, but yes. <laughs> so what the fuck? Oh, yeah. So the day's going cute. Is you know, it's going well, whatever, whatever. Here's the thing. I don't know. Matthew, hmm. generally inoffensive, I <laughs> guess. But like, I don't know. He be saying some shit that's a little sus. Also, he seems yeah. a, like Vivian is like brilliant. Um, Matthew seem a little bit basic. No Sade. No shade. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Matthew don't seem like he on her level. And like, don't he seem like he on her level. He isn't on her level. Yeah. Anyway. But Vivian's thrilled. She wants to see him again. Listen, if you like it, I love it. Anyway. Yeah. Next day. So Vivian goes <laughs> to work. <laughs> and um, she has a heart-to-heart with Melissa, who is the teenage girl from earlier. Uh, we learn a bit a bit more about Melissa's backstory. We learn that like Melissa actually ran away from her family um, after her mother started dating a man that would just like kind of just mistreat her and berate her. Um, and in those situations, uh, Melissa's mom would always side with him. And so Melissa was just like, "Well, y'all got me fucked up. Like I'm just gonna like get the fuck out of here." Vivian has a similar mm-hmm. past with her mom, where like her mom would like sort of be proximate to men who cause harm um and and Mm. often would side with them and so in this shared commonality the two of them just kind of have like a that like yeah just like a bonding moment like there there's just like to see she bonds with that because vivian has had like a similar experience isn't that a similar like fawning thing right so it's like she's seen that modeled to her for a lot of times in her life although Mm. obviously melissa takes a different approach yeah interesting anyway yeah yeah, so the two of them get much closer. Vivian is like, she didn't say this, but she kind of was like, I kind of want, like, she's like, I sort of want Melissa to just stay with me. Like, what if you just mm. stayed with me? Like, I kind of, like, she wants to, like, care for, you know, for Melissa. Right. Um, Vivian also gets a text from Matthew at the hospital where he's like, would well, love to see you again. Ah. And Vivian's like, oh my God, not you texting me at work. Like, ah. like real hype. <laughs> um, so also, at the hospital, in, in addition to these events, um, Vivian's, like, beefing with some of the nurses because, like, I don't know. The nurses in this hospital, they be, like, talking to patients kind of wild. Um, and Vivian be like, can you not? Like, what if you didn't talk to them right. like that? Like, maybe respect the patients that you work with? Um, and they're like, no. Nah. Like, like they, they see her as being, like, an outsider. Like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's, like, new to this. Like, you know, they've been doing this for, like, right. X amount of years. Like, it's very much that energy. There's a weird situation towards the end of the day where, like, basically, um, one of the nurses Vivian was, like, kind of having issues with was, like, hey, like, there's a new patient for you. I want you to, like, kind of introduce yourself. So she, like, goes over to this patient. But, like, basically, the nurse had her talking to this patient that was, like, like, pretty volatile and, like, had told her the wrong name of the patient. So, like, it just, like, led to this, like, really tense interaction. And, like, Vivian was, like... So this is how we yeah it was a setup. So we're wep- so we're weaponizing patients to like for our petty squabbles with one another. Like that's what we're right. doing here. Okay, cool. Say less. Um, but yes, okay. but I'll let Akko get into the rest of the summary for part one. Yeah, yeah. It was just really sad too because you just see the way like lack of resources to an institution like allows people who really should be on the same side like puts them in opposition and come on now come on to the detriment of pretty much everyone 
Um, okay, so in the near future, Vivian is supposed to go to a family reunion. And she's kind of on the fence about whether she wants to go. There's a really complicated mm. history there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's undecided, but she ends up deciding to go. So she has her mother, Anita, who is both deeply critical of her and her brother Michael's actions. But it's it's more complicated than that because she also deeply... Vivian's like the quote-unquote successful one, right? She went to law school, right. she became a lawyer. And so there's also a sense of like, she's the one that everyone, this is evidence, you know, that I was a good parent. But then also mm. maybe in a way, there's a feeling of insecurity that your child has surpassed you and a sense mm. of like, if I had had the chance, would I have, you know, my different different lives, you know, I think there's something to be said about parental jealousy of kids, of their children. I, I think that's, that's a real tea. thing. That's real, and that's real. I don't, I'm not even dismissive of it. It's just something that should be contended with. But um, anyway, Anita has dated a lot of men in her life who have hurt Vivian throughout her life um, and her brother as well. She also mm. has another brother, Darren, who has passed away. And while Vivian has good memories of him, it's complicated because he also had a sexual assault case that at first she didn't believe he sexually is. In fact, actually it wasn't just sexual assault. It was of minors <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's very hard for Vivian because she, she believes that he did it at first. She didn't, but by the end she did. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he passed away and then her brother, Michael lives with their mom and struggles with alcohol use and he actually used to be quite successful selling drugs mm-hmm. but then he someone ratted him out and he went to jail and now he's basically similar he's a little bit older than vivian but has had mm-hmm. to start his life over and he has you know a son so mm-hmm. so her cousins and her aunt especially her aunt carmen like have these family reunions and it sounds like she actually does like her aunt carmen and feels like yeah. she is a positive inf- influence on her life and so that's kind of like a good dynamic there. So she goes and she's the one hosting the barbecue and uh, she actually gets picked up by her stepfather, Julio. Mm -hmm. Um, And Julio is like, not, he's like, not, he, he's, he's inoffensive. Like he's, um, patriarchally stifling in the normal way where like a Mm -hmm. a, a father is like, if you don't do what is in line with like being obedient in an order, like you're, Mm -hmm. I'm going to like take away your allowance. You know, it's not, it's an yeah. unnuanced way of parenting, but not yeah. anything socially like outside the scheme of normalcy or like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like a huge yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, he picks her up. They go to the, the, the barbecue. Um, it's a little difficult because the second she gets there, you know, the same dynamics are playing out. So her mother mm-hmm. is doing the same kind of like family manipulation stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she does make some disparaging comments about her, you know, about black people. And she's like, well, that's really difficult to hear because, you know, your daughter is Afro-Latina. Like I am part black. And it, it's mm-hmm. unclear to me if Anita is Afro-Latina. So this is like self-deprecating or if it's like I- not, I'm not sure. I got, I got the vibe that she wasn't. I get that sense too. Yeah. Um, but that's right. So that's difficult because her brother, Michael, is also very dark skinned. Yeah. Um, so so that's playing out. But at the same time, Vivian is hanging out with her cousin who's also kind of being, well, she's not hanging out. She's interacting with them and he's also yeah. being inappropriate. And yeah. then she observes her brother, Michael, berating kind of one of their five-year-old cousins or family members mm-hmm. and he like she notices that he's just like really gotten stuck on making sure that this kid 
you know, like he's pinpointing him to like mm-hmm. kind of consistently point out his flaws. Um, mm. And so finally Vivian kind of confronts him and is like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and she, there's the unspoken mm. part, which is like, you know, our father figure used to do this to us. And it's mm-hmm. like, and Michael's kind of like, no, he has to learn respect, you know, in that typical kind of like toxic masculinity way of like no i'm just mm. trying to teach this person respect and you're like is that what you're doing that's it's not, not what you're doing that's literally not what's happening here but okay yeah right exactly that's how you're that's a guy that you're putting on to hide your own insecurities but this mm. is the same cycle that you were that you were affected by and so by the end of it like the little boy like runs up to her and hugs her because <laughs> like vivian like tries to like mm-hmm. watch him play video games and like be supportive and then she's like if you know anything happens just like run to aunt carmen and and you kind of see again mm-hmm. like the ways that like dynamics you know what i mean like mm-hmm. those dynamics of those hyper vigilance and the way people have to navigate situations and the different powers in the group and it's hard right because vivian mm-hmm. is in a higher social position because she's a lawyer you know mm-hmm. but she's also younger than michael and she's a woman and so it's really mm-hmm. and and she talks about the fact that because she has gone to academia when she'll say stuff people will be like oh so you think you're better than us now it's oh. very Yes. It's oh very, <laughs> very complicated. Yeah, We're not, mm-hmm. and it's hard. So by the time she leaves, she's like, "Should I just cut this whole thing off? <laughs> like, do yeah, I like, tea. Can like, I yeah. catch a break? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know." And that's obviously not an easy choice to make either. So then there's a subplot where she goes and sees Matthew again, and it's like uneventful. They go dancing or something. <laughs> and Matthew is fine. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I suppose. Yeah, Maybe. he says some <laughs> off things that, like, you're like, I don't know if this is just thoughtless or if it's deeply, mm-hmm. you know, if it's an indication of something. But the right. date goes quote unquote fine. I it, guess. I, can I just say real quick? I love how yeah. we like generally during our like plot stories, we try to be like nuanced and tell it like different details <laughs> and be like like just try to get, offer like different contexts and like. It'd be, it's so obvious when we're not living for somebody. You'd be like, yeah, anyway, this happened. Anyway, moving on. Like, just like, it's like, we're it's like, we like call it a subplot, but this is like a whole chapter. Like, it's like, it's like literally like, it's like a major plot point. But it's like, oh no, but I feel you. I literally was like rolling my eyes. I'm like, okay, can we get to the not Matthew part? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It's just that like, I, I even think the book is not convinced that Matthew is like, I think Vivian is projecting <laughs> I, projecting yeah. more of more nuance onto Matthew than even Matthew would project on himself. Like if you asked him, <laughs> that's real. Anyway, so Vivian, but it also was a distraction for her because she sees her parents, her her mother calling, and her brother, and she's just mm-hmm. she knows there's a conflict happening, and she just doesn't want to deal with it. So she sees the phone lighting up, but she's just ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, you know, she can't keep doing that. So she answers, and it turns out that that her brother. Michael got kicked out of the house because, yeah, or basically he's in, he's in a fight with his mom, their mom, mm-hmm. because he has a son and Anita is basically like, you are not talking to this kid properly. And then Michael's like, this is my kid, I'll raise my kid the way I want, yada, yada, yada. He gets kicked yeah. out. Apparently this is a kind of a cycle for them. Um, and then, so she hears Michael's side of the story. And now there needs to be some context with Michael is that, you know, this, their family dynamic was abusive to Vivian and Michael. So he has a lot of trauma as well. And I think there is something to be said here about male trauma and where society fails men, especially men of color, um, Mm -hmm. in these households of, of, you know, and, and the Mm -hmm. lack of 
therapeutic resources, whatever. I and mean, friendship. It sounds like he doesn't have strong friends. He certainly mm-hmm. doesn't have a Jane in his life. So yeah. they're talking about that. And, and Michael does confide in Vivian some pain, you know, that he's had. And they, they kind of bond over that shared experience. But she's like, to be fair, Michael, this is intense. This is intense. Like, even I got to admit mm. that this is intense. And she yeah. hears her mother's side of the story. And, you know, she she's exhausted. Like, right. She's having to play the parent to people who are older than her, frankly. Mm-hmm. So, but she's exhausted. She's like, I'm tired. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go hang out with my friend Jane. And I, I when mm-hmm. I was reading it, I got the sense that she was like, oh, this is going to be comforting, right? Like, that was right. tough, but I can, you know, relax with Jane and we can talk it out. So she gets right. to Jane's place. So Jane has a girlfriend and this is mm-hmm. already, you know how like when you go over to your friend's place, but their spouse is over, like depending on your age and your relationship with that friend, sometimes that can just change the whole dynamic. Girl, <laughs> uh, oh my God, worse. yes. You know, we all know <laughs> yes. that. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not fine. Okay. It so. is, yeah. Sometimes that shit is just night and day, you know? Yeah. So. So this was definitely a night, not a day situation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... And like Jane and her girlfriend, they have this like house collective up like upstate where everyone does art or something. It sounds kind of litty, but it also sounds like it can get like real dramatic and yeah. like a lot of like mixed feelings and people crying and, you know, you know, um, yeah. of hurt feelings. I, I don't know about all that. It sounds very difficult, but they enjoy it. They go up there, they come back, whatever. So mm-hmm. they're so Jane's girlfriend is a photographer um, and so she's doing an exhibit and this did make me pause for a second about like sexual assault survivors but Mm -hmm. the pictures are in the place uh, recreating what happened to them. I I also was like this is very intense and Vivian was like this is very intense but there was a catharsis for her uh, given her experience in it so I'm not going to take that away from her or any of the people the fictional people who did this event there the the book is it portrays to us that there was some catharsis involved here and so i'm not gonna take Mm -hmm. that away from anyone Mm -hmm. um and then jane is talking about how she's going to be involved in the project by giving context to this to the pictures and everything and vivian's like kind of like i'm really my mind's kind of on this other thing that i want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. so but she also like kind of doesn't want to talk about this so it's the the already from the beginning this conversation was going downhill like the vibe right. the girlfriend leaves and vivian mm-hmm. asked jane about this idea of breaking off with family because they had kind of theoretically talked about it earlier mm-hmm. um jane had seemed supportive of like not cutting off her family or anyone's family and, and she you now states kind of like <sighs> the black community needing to stick together but at the same time jane has not come out to her parents and has been uninvited to her sister's wedding because of her girlfriend and not wanting to not bring her girlfriend. And mm. so, yeah, so there is like tension. The conversation, the tension is rising. The conflict that mm. we talked about earlier is rising. So they start to like, they try to just like avoid the the simmering tension by like watching mm. television. Now, I really thought they should have watched the cartoon or something, but they decided to watch like true crime, yada, yada, yada. And eventually, <laughs> um, <laughs> sex work comes up and Vivian Mm -hmm. kind of expresses this like despair around it. And it's not the most maybe eloquent answer. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of triggers Jane who, you know, is like, well, how come, why do you feel despair about this? And et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And then she reveals that she did sex work after dropping out of law school for a while Mm -hmm. before she went home. 
And then she basically Vivian's like, I didn't know anything about this. And then Jane's like, yeah, well, you didn't care. You know, you weren't, Mm -hmm. you weren't thinking about me during this time. Well then, but then Vivian kind of reveals like, this is the time where her brother died. So Mm -hmm. it's like, she had thrown herself into work and Jane had kind of thrown herself into like, they're both coping with their despair in different ways, but not talking Mm -hmm. to each other. And it kind of aligns with the way they dealt with conflict, right? Like Vivian seems to like, throw throw herself she, Vivian that feels similar to me where you're like mm-hmm. throw yourself into conflict like just keep going like keep burning mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas Jane it seems like to shut down into herself mm-hmm. none of these are bad but they were not there for each other and Jane's like you didn't know what was going on with me and mm-hmm. Vivian's like I was going through my own thing so she Jane basically accuses her of not noticing really important parts in her life and prioritizing mm-hmm. men and then Vivian is like, well, you don't want to, you weren't quote unquote strong enough to finish law school and, or to stand oh. up to your family. Oh my God. Everybody, uh, this is, at this point, <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane's like out. She opens the door. She says out. Vivian's about to walk out dramatically. She trips over a fern. Jump. <laughs> it's oh a, my God. It was Breaks not a graceful. Like, girl. <laughs> spoiling shit everywhere. I'm like, child. This I, is, that was relatable. Like, I was like, that's me when I try to finish a conflict. And I'm like, and I forgot my purse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not going to come back and knock on your door, but like not talk to you when I come back inside. Oh my God. Right, as I put my things away hurriedly. Exactly, right, with like some shred of dignity that has long been lost, but like uh, just really trying to cling on to it. Um, truly, truly. And Jane says this line, it was so bad, because she, she was there also high when this was happening, mm-hmm. and like Vivian was taking time to like put on her shoes and stuff, and Jane goes, you're embarrassing yourself. And I was like, ooh, ooh, y'all are, this is, this is a conflict for real. So that's where the book Part one of the book ends, which is actually on page 152, right before the start of the next chapter called Bad at mm-hmm. Parties. So that's where we read up to if you want yeah. to read along. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, friend. Well, yes, let's take let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get into um, some feelings and thoughts. And we're back. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, per, per, sorry, that's really funny. I, yeah, I, I, you know, we, I tried. Um. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, so, I was going to say that per our resolutions, we've done a little shakeup of the structure, and mm-hmm. Marcy adding a little woo at the beginning. You know, yeah. we're changing it up. We're doing right. it differently. <laughs> Y'all don't see us coming. Like <laughs> moving ah. in silence, right? <laughs> Um, but so as we talked about in our reflection episode i'm trying to figure out you know how to make this show more dynamic like we we Mm -hmm. were having a really good time making the show but i was like you know i think there's even more we could do in the discussion section so and to make it a little bit more like a book club you know how you flip to the end of the book and they're like book club Mm -hmm. discussion questions and they're like a little list Mm -hmm. so that's that's what we're gonna try so starting now we're going to do like a 30 second quick overall thoughts Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that'll be fun to kind of test ourselves to see like how succinctly we can like give our overall impressions. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, my limitation is I'm not allowed to say if I like or dislike the book. That was my resolution. Marcy okay. does not have to follow that resolution if they mm-hmm. do not want to. And mm-hmm. then we're just going to go into questions. So, starting off, 
I will say I found that the book had a really interesting use of inner monologue versus, you know, um, what the objective facts that were occurring. I think that the character of Vivian is an unreliable narrator and that really mm-hmm. adds to sort of the nuance and mm-hmm. conflicts in the book. I think that the use of humor is really interesting and mm-hmm. adds a level of sort of, it's very relatable, I think, in a way mm-hmm. of we all kind of deflect, or not we all, a lot of people deflect with humor and there's something very Mm -hmm. Um, relatable about that so i'm interested to see how the book goes Mm -hmm. um i'm interested to yes okay yes marcy have a (laughs) (laughs) ah yes okay the timer has now started um but yes i there are a lot of those elements of this book that i also um you know definitely appreciate i feel like the humor to your point definitely added a level of realism to the characters this book felt real as fuck like down to even just like the descriptions like there was such a level of detail as far as like crafting the scenes and putting things together that i was like oh like Mm. i feel like i like know vivian i feel like i know these types of people like i know like i feel like i even down to like i could probably imagine like what like vivian and jane like what their aesthetics might be like i don't know i just there was a level of descriptive and realism descriptiveness and realism here that i really appreciated um but also i liked that Vivian see I'm over here talking about what I like and don't like but whatever um (laughs) I I enjoyed that Vivian has so many things to also work on herself like it's Mm. like there's a um there's a I think there's a conflict between especially with her family sometimes feeling like people like people read her as like I don't know having a superiority complex even if that's not necessarily Mm. true Mm. and I think there are some ways in which Vivian she can embody a certain level of self-righteousness sometimes that does Mm. kind of lend itself to some of those things and so I'm like I just I think there's an interesting irony with her character I wouldn't say it's 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 a blatant irony but it's like a subtle one that some that shows up in certain situations we'll talk about her fight with Jane where I was like oh um but yeah yeah, so like those are some yeah just quick quick thoughts about about the book i love it i i have a thought here about um the difference between you know when you're trying to unlearn things that you like how there like a question of like there's a way you've been taught and the way you're Mm -hmm. trying to be and as you're changing isn't aren't things going to be incongruous and so how much space is there for the incongruity of how you were and what Mm -hmm. you aspire to be. Mm -hmm. But then also adding to the fact that what you aspire to be may be dictated by like academia or like a worldview that's more and, and, and mixing in there some like, you know, kind of defense responses. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's like a big pie of questions. That's to be (laughs) examined at a different time, maybe at the end of the book. But Mm -hmm. for now, the question I really wanted to start off with is, um, in this book, there's like a strong theme of relationships, obviously with Vivian and her mm. family and Jane. And I wanted to know what was the author's point of putting those relationships in the book? What did they mm. reveal? What did they illuminate to you? How did you feel about them? <laughs> got you. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, um, like, as far I'm, as like, oh, sorry. sorry well, going. I was going to say, you don't have to do every character. You can just choose one mm. if you want or, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah, um, let's see. Who do I want to pinpoint? Um, 
I mean, I just brought up Jane, so I, I, I don't mind kind of going into her. Sure. I think, I think having Jane in the book, and as far as like things that we can kind of take away from that, I mean, certainly it shows. I think a lot of, well, historically, like, Vivian's relationship with Jane was sort of like a mutual catharsis for the both of them. Like there was mm. a, okay, like you're someone who like sees where I'm coming from. I think especially navigate. I've never been to law school, but I can imagine like you know navigating law school as a black woman like it's just it's just a lot of shit and so like i think there was a lot of like okay like we're in this situation together but also we just like have a lot in common and like we have a similar sense of humor and all of that and so i think for we we see a lot of vivian's inner monologue and like she's navigating a lot of stress day to day and so i think having Mm. that relationship with jane also the fact that they smoke together and stuff like that right like it's like okay this is like where i can like just breathe um but i think jane it's, it's so interesting because there's moments where because so Jane is the type where she likes to like Jane just Jane thinks a lot and like likes to pontificate yeah. and has these theories about like everything going on like she's like very cerebral about like social dynamics and like you know is is quick to talk about those things and what's interesting is that Vivian is usually down for that type of shit like Vivian mm-hmm. gives that herself but there's just certain times where Vivian like seems almost like I won't say impatient, but maybe it's just like certain subjects she just doesn't like care as much about. Or like sometimes when Jane goes on about a certain topic, it makes Vivian, I would say, a little uncomfortable given what sometimes what the topic is. I wanted to ask if you thought Mm -hmm. when I was reading it, I was like, I want. So Jane's defense mechanisms to things seems to take it into a theoretical space. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a certain like type of disassociation. Mm-hmm. And it seems that Vivian can do that too sometimes, but sometimes mm-hmm. that defense mechanism fails and yeah. it's, it's, it feels like to me, like she's being triggered into a state uh, and so she goes quiet or the conversation is, you know, it's, it's, it, it becomes too difficult for her or like to, yeah. and it's really tough because in the same way, you know, it, Jane is probably, probably feels that way about other things that Vivian does. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's hard because it sounds like they are they they were brought together by their traumas but it's also mm-hmm. what's causing conflict between them mm-hmm. you know that's real that's real yeah um and you, it's interesting do you think that these two would be friends without their shared traumas i I'm not sure, honestly. I, I I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if like if I I would I would say I don't think that's so much that I would posit to say that they wouldn't. But I I just I just don't know. I could, yeah. I don't know. I could see it going either way. Um. I mean, certainly after this most recent interaction, I'm kind of like yeah. Like I could see that of reality where y'all just like even if y'all met y'all just like wouldn't have been friends if you didn't have that shared history. But like, it's yeah. just. There's but then a love, yeah. Would any of us be friends without some shared, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's a hard question in and of itself. It's hard. Yeah. So it's just, it, it, it is interesting though, because I think there is a, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, clearly some holes in the relationship where like there are just certain tendencies that the other person has that like works to bother the other person, but sometimes they just don't discuss it. Um, right. And I think that's the other thing that Vivian is really struggling with too, because she's like, girl if there's an issue like let's talk about it like what like <laughs> like right I, like I, she seems like the type like she seems like to not necessarily hesitate with those types of conversations jane is a bit is much more avoidant when it comes to situations like this so it's like i don't know what to do with this so yeah it's it's a uh, 
Right. I, as, as, far, as far as, I guess, the purpose um, beyond just like the relaxation piece, I think exactly what you named um, is also a tension that the author wanted to include as well, as far as like, just like how there's a, in building like sort of healthy, caring relationships with other people, like what are the tools that I've been able to gather through my experience that, that are, that are helpful to that? And what are some of the things that uh, maybe make that a bit more difficult? And also like, who are the types of people that I really need to center? I think, I think Vivian mm. is really asking herself a lot of questions of like, okay, but actually what is my community like? Like who, yeah, are, like yeah. what, what does support actually look like? Cause I'm not really getting here for my family, Matthew. Ugh. And then like Jane is like where I thought I was getting a lot of this, but like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we aren't, fully aligned and if we're not like what is it about this person that like i need to internalize and learn from such that i don't repeat the same patterns later as far as building relationships with those who are just like kind of like a like a replica of jane in certain respects you know so yeah yeah and and you know that's a really good point and I i think the author is kind of pinpointing this point in our time now the current in which old ways of community are breaking apart maybe which might not Mm -hmm. be good there there's i think there's a lot of social stress on communities in the u.s right like yeah the lack of social infrastructure really Mm. stresses communities and even if they have historically been strong i mean like we said about the elasticity coefficient look a lot of things will erode that coefficient (laughs) so we're just naming that now i love that (laughs) yeah someone could tell me later that doesn't make sense but i i do think a lot of (laughs) things can can make that a very a much tighter you know elasticity and i think a lot of that is histories of unaddressed traumas i know bell hooks kind of talks about this in all about Mm -hmm. love and also, you know, lack of money in a capitalist system, right? Or yeah. a sense of your life not being what you thought it was. Like Les Miserables, mm. when she was like, I dreamed my life would be something else. It, can Oof. you imagine what that existential despair would do to someone And if you right. can't say it and if you can't rewind time? And, and mm. so I think the point of this relationship is to, sh- in a way, show the deep loneliness. Um, yeah as we try to figure out what it community means mm-hmm. going forward, if it can't be what it's been historically or, or, mm. you know, whatever that means, whether, whether right. that's new people or if it's a new dynamic with people that we, right. we know, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with a side character <laughs> okay? <laughs> because okay. you're the main character. So I am going to talk about Paula because I was really okay fascinated by this because you know, as we say, Paula comes with this very specific argument about this is what women, quote unquote, do. And I was like, this is a very generalized statement, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Vivian points out. And then Paula hits back with, but you did it, which was also a, a fact. <laughs> <laughs> was also true. Right? <laughs> right. But then Paula isn't really, she, in a weird way, it's almost like she's like, that brings them both into the fold together. Like Paula is mm. not dismissive of her. I don't now. I don't know. First of all, I th- I do think Paula is incorrect. I don't think mm. women generally do that. I do think some of us are conditioned to do certain things, but I think the mm. piece that we're missing here is power dynamics. How are we mm. relating to power? And also like, 
trauma is a strong word, but like social conditioning, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. where do we know that we can f- we can win or we can be safe or secure? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and how in the same way with the nurses that Vivian is with in the, the you know the institution that she's at. How does the the social structure pit certain people against each other mm-hmm. f- for such a long period of time that it seems like the only way things could be? So I, I found it really interesting because it's mm-hmm. it's a really good like way of showing that social constructs are both imaginary and very real at the same time mm-hmm. because we live in them <laughs> and they do determine our outcomes, right? Like um Mm. so anyway i thought that was an interesting piece with paula but it was i think it's the way that the the way that vivian talks and the way it contrasts with her behavior i think it's a really good use of irony to Mm -hmm. show how social constructs create i don't know like weird (laughs) you know a difference between what you the ideal and the actual, I guess, mm. or or someone's specific situation and the preferred. I, I don't right. know. You know, again, I don't, I actually, when I was reading it, I actually truly, and I'm not being funny, I don't actually look women up and down and compare myself with, I. Th- that has mm. happened to me. But at the same mm. time, a lot of women I've interacted with have not done that to me. So, mm-hmm. but if you were someone who does do that, you're going to assume everyone else does that, Right. So, right. and on the flip side, there are things I, I, for instance, I am very charming. I will charm to, as I, I'm mm-hmm. more cognizant of it now, but charming is a way I get through the world successfully. Now, not so much because I'm exhausted, but right. But, <laughs> but right. So it's like, if in, in what way is this comparison a way of, uh, it's just an, ex- I don't know. Anyway, Marcy, that was my thoughts. What do you think about <laughs> Paul? <laughs> no, I <laughs> No, I totally agree. I think um I think what you said about the ideal versus the actual is is certainly I I, I that's kind of where my mind went as far as Paula's inclusion in the story because I mean I mean li- literally she says that like when Vivian said what she said about like oh this is about patriarchal conditioning and like you know social context and dynamics create situations where women are pitted against each other um, Paula literally was like yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean you're describing a utopia where like women don't compare themselves to each other and see themselves as competition I'm just describing what actually happens in the world right now like I feel like Paula has like cer- like a certain almost like it makes me think of like how when people are like, oh, well, like that's just how things are, like whatever, whatever to like yeah. kind of justify some level of inequity or like to sort of silence any, any, any inkling or desire to reimagine something better for ourselves. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, like if that, if your vision were real, it would be real right now. Since it's not, that proves that like the idea that you're yes. coming up with is, is null it's and void false. and doesn't matter. Right. Um, it's unrealistic, whatever, whatever. But it's like, nothing happens without context right so like so when we look at the dynamics of how things are right now it's like yes things are like this right now but it's not like when the universe first sprouted into existence this is what happened right like we created (laughs) a social structure where this is what this looks like right and like in the same way that we created that we can also change it and like and it has changed it has looked differently right throughout time and like across different you know uh cultural contexts and things like that like dynamics are not always the exact same right so it's not this idea that like human nature is simply this this it's just the social environment that we're in in this place at this time right now that is literally the only thing that is true (laughs) so i think paula has like a certain like kind of um 
I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to call it smug, but just kind of like a, just like a, oh, well, this is how it it's is. It smug. is what it is. Yeah. It's a little smug. It's, it's, it's hard because if there was no truth in it, then Paula would have, probably wouldn't think that way, right? But there is, right. it is true, as you said, of this cultural context, geographical space that we are currently in right now right <laughs> so it's hard because there's a truth to that but just because mm-hmm. there is a truth doesn't mean there aren't other truths right it's like like right like so it's hard because to you could also say i mean during um i feel like i always choose slavery so let me choose something else um mm-hmm. in like 1859 women could not vote and it was not imaginable that they would vote right <laughs> like mm-hmm. but that that was true at the time but for things to mm-hmm. change you have to understand we have to understand that just because something is a truth does not mean it will it has to be true that is the point of reimagining but at the same time and i remember having a conversation with someone about this if in my lifetime it's not going to change Mm -hmm. it's hard to be like but it's not true you're like but if i do something and the net result is the way <laughs> that paula says it is how are you gonna tell me it's not you know and right. a, a lot of us have to make decisions ar- around those facts but then it's really unnerving when things suddenly do change when women suddenly do mm-hmm. have the right to vote when a country mm-hmm. suddenly does form you know what i mean like mm-hmm. then all those truths get like jumbled up and a lot of people mm-hmm it's hard to handle right like the soviet union does fall if for your whole life the soviet union was a thing and then me and marcy are sitting here being like we've actually never known a world where the soviet union was real right in a way we're in two different complete realities (laughs) (laughs) right it's it's wild right so i it's this contradiction is fascinating um okay my next question was going to be how do you feel this is more stylistic y'all you know akko's going to style (laughs) (laughs) Hey. <laughs> how do you feel like humor was used um in the book both by the author and the characters mm. oh my god well first of all this is i mean i feel like i'm always saying like books are funny that we read on the show but like truly <laughs> this book actually has like actually made me laugh out loud um yeah it's funny like it truly it like some of the narration is just so like it's just so like there's ah, i'm trying to figure out how to describe it there's almost like kind of like a like very much a dry humor in the narration and like there's like a it's kind of like when people say something that's like hilarious but like they're like their face is like not expressive at all like it's it's almost (laughs) like it's just like a fact like it was giving it was very deadpan it was giving that like the whole time and i was fucking dying like there was just like so many moments where like 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 for instance there was a moment where like jane and um vivian were interacting and like it was like at one point uh, it was like oh like no shade jane said and then the next line was vivian waited (laughs) for the shade (laughs) and i was just like just like these small things or like for example like when they were talking about like (laughs) when they were talking about like vivian's dating history like she was like yeah like she's noticed that like you know as a black woman navigating online dating apps like people will come at her with like really lazy introductions and one of the examples (laughs) was like hey there what's up or like like involuntary inductions into the monarchy hello my queen (laughs) like it was just like what the fuck like like, comparisons to food and i was like like just like like literally so just like like just imagine that the whole book like it was just like there was such a like 
fun, dry humor that just like, I think added a level of like, not even just like, oh, like we want to make this book more lighthearted, but like, it's just like realism, right? Like, I mean, the fact that like, you know, Vivian and Jane like joke about their trauma and like, you know, like say things that like a lot of other people would be like, I am extremely, I mean, a lot, some of the shit they were saying, I was like, girl, I'm so uncomfortable with this. We actually couldn't write it in because without the humor, it's actually, it's hard to write. I I was like, I can't like write this, but like, also, that is real. People do do that, right? Like, yeah, and it, it yeah. is a form of, of catharsis or at the very late, right? Like, that's the thing that people do. And so it just added, like, just to me in, in, a, in, a, in a book where so much is, there are so many issues and there are so many problems. There's so many things that people are trying to work through on, like, a, on a personal level, mental health, existential, et cetera. Like, it just added a level of, like, oh, like, people are real. So, of course, they're just, they're just multifaceted. It just made the, right. the, it made the characters much more layered to me. I agree. And like and and frankly just gave the the writing of the book its own like like a very distinct personality. I was like, oh, Ooh, this yeah. book feels yeah. very like oh, this is like I, I I haven't quite read something like this. Like this is like its own thing, which is Agreed. which is really dope. So And it's it really well like it's very of our time at the same mm-hmm. time. Like you can yes. kind of hear the present moment in it. I, I will say too you know, there's a way that the topics in this book become very stereotypical. The humor helps it not be that, right? Because it's the same issues that we all know, but in a way, she does this kind of fourth wall break. So it's almost like Mm. a satire, but not as distant, right? And in a weird way, Mm. it's kind of like, it's it's a lot like Atlanta. It, It has a little bit of sort of in it where it's like, in a lot of ways, we... I felt this at least. Also, I'll speak for myself. Mm. I will walk through the world and something will happen and you're like, isn't this like, <laughs> isn't this what the statistics <laughs> tell us what happened in the situation? And you're like, am I living out the statistical likelihood thing that's going to happen that people will tell you about? Oh Have my I God. become the stereotype of the thing? And then you're like, well, yes. this is terrible because I'm a person in the situation and it's this cognitive dissonance, right? Mm. And the only thing sometimes you can do is like Marcy and I will literally talk about a racism and then have to like, like laugh through it not have to but our way of communicating through it (laughs) is humor right like because Mm. you're just like it's sometimes some things can be so bad so farcical that you literally Mm. all your brain can do (laughs) is like (laughs) laugh right and so and that becomes part of your existence right like i am convinced that the reason for humor humor like is 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 to combat suffering like there's no other Mm. well-meaning humor i know there's some humor that's just punching down but um Mm -hmm. so i really liked that because that is how people go through life people aren't just walking around being like i'm so miserable my miserable misery 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 Mm. misery." (laughs) right right no one's that's really that's not the case so i really liked Mm -hmm. the author's use of humor i think it like you're saying it adds a dynamic to the book it's strangely Mm. it's like a little meta right so it's like the author is humorous the character is humorous um Mm. but i do think the thing that shows the difference between the two is that jane uh sorry vivian's humor can is very clearly a defense mechanism Mm. um and so there are times when the humor breaks and mm-hmm. I think that's also a reality, right? And I'm yeah. sure you can test to it too. Where there are times when you're like joking, 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 and I'm finally like, man, that is really screwy, and I feel really awful about the situation that I'm in. Like mm-hmm. humor sometimes fails you as a defense mechanism. And I think yeah. 
there's a point, and this is the point where maybe they're reaching in their friendship and or Vivian's reaching in her life mm-hmm. where she's like, hold on, all my defense mechanisms are falling apart. Um, and I think a lot of us face that where you're like, at a certain point, you're like, okay, none of the things I'm using to get by are working. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I need to like reimagine my, my, my life. Like yeah. if, and, and I think that's where she's hit, hitting. And so mm-hmm. I find that really interesting. I don't think I'm doing justice to how funny the book though is, <laughs> is though. Cause oh it's no, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Funny. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I, I think also the fact that we were like, you know, millennials, like, you know, uh, hovering around 30. I feel like there's a certain like, okay, like, I don't know that much about Chantel Johnson, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if like we had like, I don't know, age wise and things like that. Like we weren't that far off. Because right, I'm like, right. oh, you're, you're just, you're literally, this is just like, this just feels like I'm the commentary like, on the present. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, um, I had a question, but I feel like I, we already kind of discussed it with, the way their fight jane and vivian's fight went do you have any mm-hmm. more thoughts about how how that fight plays into the the story um i think not, i have another question a oh. final question oh yeah actually let's get to your final question yes <laughs> okay my final question is so and we touched on this a little bit but how does the role of academia in language in self-identity mm-hmm. um kind of mix together in the story and in real life to sort mm-hmm. of cause both advancement, but also conflict. And if mm-hmm. it, it, not that advancement is a good thing, right? But like looking right. at the U.S. hierarchy, like academia can be a way of advancing, but how, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there, it, that's complicated. Kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like honor for briefly go- gorgeous. But mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that, if you had any. Yeah. Um, and so like the role of like academia, language... Um, in self-identity in self-identity interesting i feel like as far as how it plays out in this book i think a dynamic that just felt very like close to home and i was like yep i yep i that is relatable (laughs) um Mm. is uh when you know vivian was like at the family reunion and like you know there was just like these subtle like either people would say this or there was a fear that people would say things like because of her education or because of the language that she used or because she was working to assert like certain boundaries and like kind of having Mm. more emotionally healthy relationship with her family. Like the use of certain language like made her like more white. Like there was almost like, Oh, there was like a, Oh, like, I mean, you're like, isn't that some shit that white people do? Or like, isn't that like, like, girl, why are you talking like that? Or like, Oh, like you used to never care about this before. Now all of a sudden after you went to get your degree, like here you are talking about like, you can't talk to your mother anymore and shit. Like just all that type of shit. I was like, yeah, this feels like very, um, I'm like uncomfortable with how, but like, this is like really relatable. Mm. And I think that like, when it comes to academia, um, in a lot of ways, if we if we take out the the bullshit of academia, right? If we look at academia as the, the what like just the pursuit of learning and like just kind of mm. intellectually sort of like stimulating and experimenting and all these different things, like I think especially when we think about sort of like the reality of social dynamics and like sort of the 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 the, the environments that we are navigating day to day, academia can provide a, some level of like if not validation, like at least like language to describe what's going on yeah. at the very least, yeah. like kind of add like a as sort of like a like a macro level like okay, like this is just not my own individual experience. Like this is something that like this is just like a phenomenon socially that we are navigating. 
the thing that I think sometimes I, I'm still trying to reconcile what exactly to do with is like, okay, like sometimes, yes, we can like name the thing. Like, I mean, both Vivian, Jane, like a number of characters things, but can like highlight, okay, like this is the social problem that exists. This is how we got here. But like, what, how, what, like, what are we doing now? You know, like, it's like, it's almost mm-hmm. like being able to name it almost allows like a, it can get very cerebral and like almost like there becomes like a, like a righteousness that can develop and just knowing the answer. Right. And I think that like, sometimes the hard part is like, how do we work to embody some of the ideologies that we talk about? And it doesn't even have to be ones that are like particularly Mm. academic. Right. I think with any sort of aspirational self-concept or like idea that we want to, that, that really resonates with our spirit. I think the follow up of, okay, like, what how do did, we, how do I actually show this in my life? Yeah. And I think that's something that Vivian is struggling with a lot with, with a lot of the feminist ideologies that she really cares about. And like, I'm not going to doubt that she believes them. I think she absolutely is like, is, is very resonate, resonates deeply with these philosophies. And at the same time, like is uncovering some of the ways in which her behavior is inconsistent with that. But to your point, right? Like there, there's, it, there's always going to be a transitionary period. There's always going to be at least mm-hmm. a little bit of incongruity, right? Like we are not, principle first right we're people (laughs) and so sometimes it's like right and so like that's sometimes gonna that's going to shift sometimes and so but i think the bigger question becomes okay in those moments where we do notice that does our self-awareness lend ourselves lend itself to us actually recognizing that and if so how are we intervening on that as opposed to like kind of almost moving with delusion of like okay well like i know the answer i can do this thing i because i can name the thing or talk about the thing i embody the thing when that's like just that that, those are like two different processes um so oh i like these points i wanted to can can i throw in some some extra points some extra flavoring um here's an interesting connection there's almost a similarity here between paula and the situation we're talking about now right in a way Mm -hmm. because you know, Paul is like, you are describing an ideal, but what about the real experiences that I just saw you do? <laughs> and right. in the same way, Vivian is at home and they're like, you are describing something, but at the same time, you can leave. Like, we're mm. here. So you're going right. to go, right. but how does that affect the here and now dynamics that we have in, in, and you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. Anita is like, yes, if I went off to become a lawyer, which I probably was just as capable as doing as anyone else, mm-hmm. I could also, you know, espout like very, you know, forward thinking mm-hmm. sort of, but I, I don't have that. So I find that really interesting, but then also at the same time, Vivian, if she had stayed and hadn't gone to law school Mm-hmm. and academia wouldn't she be in this hierarchy like have very little power right like right. where was vivian's way out <laughs> if she right. hadn't done this so in right. a way like academia has moved her out of a situation that historically she would not no given all the factors we see in the story she should not be where she's at. <laughs> yeah and so how so on the one hand they're saying like oh you've come in and you think you're all that but it's like there's mm-hmm. almost a cognitive dissonance because you're thinking but if i had stayed here would any of y'all right. wouldn't i be in the lowest level of this mm-hmm. like and what does that mean you know right. <laughs> like yeah. and so there's that too and i think there's just a really interesting because you're right like there's a way that academia 
No, there's a way that the pursuit of knowledge can help change everyone towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also true that academia doesn't just come with knowledge. There is no mm-hmm. knowledge outside of context. So academia has its own white mm-hmm. hegemonic power. Right. It's a culture in and of itself. I think oh. on Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, he, he says, I didn't know I was a person of color until I went, to, <laughs> what was it, to his, to his college or something Mm -hmm. right like it's not knowledge isn't just something objective Mm. it makes it makes something away too like vivian vivian became a different identity by entering academia that's true of everyone so so how does that fit you know into this whole thing it's clearly in conflict Mm -hmm. and i think it's hard because there's so much to be gained by it. Well, here's what I'll leave off with. I mm-hmm. think to your point about how does how do you transmute this into the practical? That's where lawyers could, or any you know person mm-hmm. with sort of social power could transmute the metaphysical into the physical, right? Could transmute right. the ontol- the is it ontological? Who we don't know. We'll find out after we look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Epistemological? I don't know. Ologil, ologil. Okay. Um, to right. transmute the non-physical into the physical, into the social structure, right? And that is the trouble that we have that people sit in that we're trying to figure out. And maybe that is the whole mm-hmm. social experiment. That is the evolution of people. It's to not just notice that these social structures are mm-hmm. imaginary. But to really take hold of that and steer into a direction mm. more interesting than how we've had it, you know, not based on fear, right. but on our aspirations. Or maybe yeah. it's not. I don't know. Marcy, do you have any final thoughts before? We- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just I'm I mean, just like basking in what you said. I I, I like what you said, though, about um Vivian leaving her family and I think in hearing you speak about that it made me realize that like oh yeah like I think the 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 theme here both in the academia piece as well as sort of the familial translation of what happens when you know we're able to pursue an education to a level that like most of our familial peers have not like I I think detachment is the theme that I really um have been Mm. resonating with and just kind of thinking about like just and as what happens here generally where it's like okay like because I am not there I am generally not interacting with you all that often like I I can speak about the dynamics in a way that has like a healthy level of detachment because I'm not in the thing right now. It's the same way mm-hmm. that like when you're in a shit situation, but you find yourself out or you go to a different place, it offers clarity. It's yeah. like one of those things where it's like in in the same way that like sometimes we are getting in academia, but in a way that is like inaccessible or like pedantic, <laughs> like whatever mm. there can be again, like a, a similar detachment from like the realities of life or like what is actually happening in our day to day. Um, that like, yes, can that detachment offer clarity? Yes, but I think the it's the to your point, like the 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 going back right and being like, okay, like even if we are accessing some level of theory or knowledge or whatever that can be helpful in an everyday context, like we need to actually make sure we're doing that translational work beyond just the recognition of the idea. Because so I think oftentimes we can get really focused on like language and like what does this mean? Yeah. Like what is this like? like the principle of something as opposed to the action behind, okay, what does this actually look like in real time? Right. Like, have you ever had these moments where like you read almost like a, like I remember in college, I would read shit and like essays where I was like, motherfuckers are using like the biggest words. Like they are Oof. using the most like dynamic language. And I'm like, 
bro, what does that mean? Like, what, what are you talking mean? about? What is that? What? Thank like, you. I just, like, I just be confused. I'm like, you're using ontological may or may not be correct. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like all these big ass words, and I'm like, okay, I'm just in my room eating popcorn. So like, make it make sense. Like, how do we like take that theory and like, what does this look like in real time? Can I get a case study? Can I get a demonstration? Because we are talking about the most grandiose shit. And my God, what on earth? Like, what are we talking about? Couldn't you have said that simpler? Isn't it part of the culture of this that you have made it inaccessible? Couldn't you have made that simpler? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. So I also think like to your point, along with the practical, we also have to realize the people who are dealing with it are at the brunt of it. So it's kind of like you standing on shore, giving directions to someone who's in the middle Mm, of the storm and being like, man, just keep at it. You're, You're good. And the person's like, okay, well, the you know there's like fish flying into my face the wind's like ripping and cutting my skin but no thanks thanks i'm glad that i'm good over here (laughs) you know like right (laughs) the perspective also dictates the experience and i think that's really something Mm. to take into consideration too like yeah you might see the end of the storm for a better perspective but if you want the person in the storm to listen to you you better be very convincing because if i'm on the boat in the storm and you tell me i need to go further into the storm who baby right (laughs) you better tell me why right oh i better really like you our elasticity (laughs) coefficient better be (laughs) (laughs) better be value of two or above girl because what (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm I'm gonna start saying that with no context like in my everyday (laughs) life like yeah like i really feel like the elasticity coefficient of my relationship with this person is really really stretched here and it's like um oh so you're not going to offer any more information i'm like no um but yes. also oh, someone wow, who does damn. math is like y'all are playing around <laughs> right <laughs> this is literally not like okay <laughs> um if you think that we're playing around you know you can let us know at, <laughs> by contacting us at the colored pages our twitter our instagram at these colored pages but really mm-hmm. preferably you should just email us at these yes. colored pages at gmail.com because we love a good email and we're never on social media so you can also check out our website <laughs> these woo Yes, 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 yes. And of course, if the show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, please feel free to leave us some love wherever you're listening to the show. Could be Apple Podcasts or not. We love a rating, a comment, a review, mm. like anything where you all are just like letting us know what to think. It's always yeah. it's always very lovely to hear from you all. Also, if there's someone in your life where you're like, you know what? I think you would really benefit from this episode. Of course, give them like like the trigger warnings first. Like, please don't just mm-hmm. like, actually, yes, this please. is where a situation where I'm like, don't actually, please don't send this no context. Like, please actually give context if you're going to send yeah. this episode to somebody and just just make sure you're, you're checking in, letting people know what they're getting themselves into. But um, if you do think that someone in your life could benefit from this conversation or even just maybe write this book and would like to, you know, have some people talk about it, like, feel free to send them, you know, this episode and explore from there. But Otherwise, um, next time we're going to just get into the rest of this. So we'll get into part two of post-traumatic. But between now and then, um, Akira, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, just until we meet again, remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.